As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome in to one of these years, the Athletics Detroit Lions podcast. I'm Chris Burke, joined by Nick Baumgartner. Our episode this week presented by BetMGM. Uh, I still got to get over to the like physical mm-hmm. BetMGM sports yes. lounge downtown. I haven't been to any of the <laughs> casinos. True. Have you been over there? No, but like now that you mentioned that, I remember actually like... Do you remember when COVID started? Well, like, everyone always has their different dates of. of when COVID started, <laughs> but like... The week that everyone was pretty sure it was here, like that, I think was when betting was like legalized yeah, right, in the state yeah. of Michigan, right? It was like that <laughs> yep. day. It was like, I remember like Brad Galley and some of the TV guys were down there doing like stand ups from the casino. I'm like, guys, that's going to be closed like in 12 hours. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, hey, it's like one. Yeah. Everybody day go downtown and help those guys because they've probably been feeling it. So, yeah, right. But I, I should go down there too. That's a good point. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'd like to go. I always drive past it, uh, yeah. drive past the casinos and stuff on my way in for games right. on Sunday. So, um, but anyway, uh, we uh, Nick's been uh, covering Michigan football pretty heavily these last couple of weeks. You should check out his uh, just dropped a feature this morning as we're recording Wednesday morning on Cade McNamara and Jim Harbaugh um, that you can go check out on theathletic.com. We've got a nice year end deal running, mm-hmm. uh, 24 bucks total for the next 12 months so get over check out nick's feature i had a q a with uh hal vitae and penne sewell yeah. up this week i sat down with them last week it was pretty interesting they're uh uh they got a pretty good thing going on the right side of that line it'll be interesting to see what happens with them uh this off season so head over to the athletic make sure you check that out you can find our show over there uh, ad free on the athletic app and uh, otherwise we'll We'll get into this. I want to talk about the game a little bit, I guess. <laughs> we should. Yeah. Uh, in Atlanta, the Lions losing at the last uh, minute there. But we had um, a couple questions. I, I sort of opened things up for a mailbag. Uh, a couple of people asked about this. And obviously, it just happened last night that John Madden uh, passed away. Mm-hmm. Sort of. That's right. I mean, he was 85, 85. I think. But yep. I think it was unexpected. You know, it wasn't. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. I don't know if it was imminent is what people. Right. Yeah. Um and it's sort of hard to have a a football right, show yeah. without talking oh about John Madden. Um, and I was uh, going back through and sort of watching old clips, and I stumbled mm-hmm. across the one. I saw you tweeted it out, I think, where he said, I, I only have th- three rules for my team. Yeah. Which was, uh, what was it? Show, be on time. It's, uh, be on time, pay, pay attention, and, and play like hell when I ask you to. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's it. That's football, man. That's like the – like John Madden – was, um, you know, the more I've thought about it over the years, and it wasn't just, you know, I watched the uh, documentary. I don't know if you've gotten a chance to see the Fox documentary yet or if yet, any, of the, no. any of the listeners have, um, but definitely check that out. It was well worth it. I watched it on uh, Christmas night, and then, you know, and the documentary was, it did such a good job of showing um, the coach, you know, John Madden, the coach, uh, which is something that we, you know, people christenize it. We don't, we don't really think about that because I think we were, you know, it was like 1979, I think, when he retired um, from coaching. And all we remember him as is a broadcaster. But long story short, for people our age, like, this guy taught us football. Like, I, I have been fortunate to, you know, develop a little bit of a friendship with Dan Deerdorf uh, in the years he's been doing Michigan <clears throat> radio. And I always tell Dan, like, you know, 
you and Madden were the guys that taught in my high school football coaches. <laughs> right. But like yeah. I always tell Dan, like you and Madden were the guys that taught me and everybody like me football. And, you know, I think Dan would always joke like Madden stole it from him. But like the whole idea was and they showed it in the Madden documentary when he started doing broadcasting. He didn't want to do it because he thought it was kind of quirky and jokey and, and haha, whatever. And he wanted it to be serious. And he wanted to take it serious. And there were so many great stories and memories yesterday that I saw shared and so many about, um, you know, how much, you know, he knew football was fun and he didn't try to take it overly serious. But I think it should be noted, too, that like. There's no person in the history of time, probably, that we've known football that was what I would call the game's champion, protector, and like whatever else you want to call it. That was John Madden. He was football, um, in my opinion. And I think, I don't think I'm alone. And the video game and everything else touches a lot of other people, but just from a sheer football sense, like he was it all the way, right? And um, yeah, yeah, what a loss. What a loss. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that. The thing that always jumped out to me, and I saw a lot of people talking about this last night after the news <clears throat> broke, is just he obviously was one of the greatest football minds of all time and was a, mm-hmm. a great coach, won a Super Bowl, uh, went into the Hall of Fame. And, and I think the thing that always jumped out is just how um, accessible he made the game for yeah. everyone. You know, Crazy. just the way he talked about it. And like, there's certainly room, especially these days, for guys like, you know, Tony Romo, who's like, yeah. oh, here's the coverage they're playing. Here's the play they're going to run. Here's what everyone's mm-hmm. assignment is. It's exactly right. Yeah, Certainly room for that. But Madden, a lot of the joy of Madden was just <clears throat> yes. like, oh, this receiver's open. He hit it. Boom. That was the, <laughs> the analysis for the play, <laughs> you know, and and it was great every single time. It was perfect. You know, there yes. were, there's all these clips out. I tweeted one out or I retweeted <laughs> one of him talking about Gatorade buckets at the Super Bowl. There's one of him. Yep. Uh, you know, on the, the telestrator explaining yeah. how an indoor blimp works, <laughs> like all this stuff, yeah, right. all these little moments of joy. Oh, um, and I'm with you too. You know, I, I know you played the game up mm-hmm. through high school. I didn't, I never really played at a competitive level, but just thinking back on, I mean, the video game, I think was so transformative oh for people with football. Like even thinking back, I think the first, I was trying to remember the first one I got, I think it was the. Madden 94 on Sega. Mm-hmm. Sega, um, yep. But I just thinking back, uh, and I don't know that you realized at the time, but how much that game taught people about like coverages and everything, routes and <laughs> everything. everything, all these things that we talk about all the time now. Uh, for me, that's where it started. I would play the game and then like I'd go watch games on Saturday and would like <laughs> right. diagram plays. As I was watching, and it was all because of that. It was all because of that video game. I the first one I ever got was I think ninety five, and it was on the I think it was actually on Game Gear. It wasn't the Sega Game Gear. Remember that? I didn't have a Sega. I had the handheld. (laughs) So I think I got that, and then we started getting all of them. You know, from there on out, obviously on you know the N sixty four and whatever else we had. Um, But the thing that I remember most about the video games is. The when the PlayStation 2 came out, and I think I was like a junior or senior in high school. So obviously I've been playing football, you know, for a couple of years now competitively at this point. And I think I was a senior because that was when the big jump in graphics, like when right. the PlayStation yep. 2 came out, it was like, holy shit, this is like watching a TV <laughs> right. copy of a game, right? So I remember we would always have like offensive line meetings and stuff on, you know, we'd go eat at somebody's house and play games or whatever. And we would play Madden. And when somebody got the Madden game, we went over to his house the first time. And we're sitting there and we're watching this stuff. And I'm like, I'm like, we run some of the stuff that is in these plays on the screen right now, gentlemen. Like, it was like, this is all, you know, like what we do when we play football. Like, it was one of those moments that I'll never forget because it was like, this is crazy. This is like an actual, right? It's And that's what it is. It's a simulation of an actual football game. And Madness talked over the years about, you know, when EA first came to him about, you know, putting a game together, you know, they talked about how the framing was off and it would be really a lot better and easier for the programmers if you could take the tackles off of the line and maybe the guards too and just have a center. <laughs> and Madden was like, screw you, I'm out. This is 11 on 11 or nothing. Like, and it was like, I think about that all the time and I'm like, what if he hadn't said that? What if he would have been like, whatever, screw it, put out NFL Blitz, I don't give a shit. How would we yeah. think about football today, right? And it's like, that guy with 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 something that we all love so much... Um, and and we talk about it on this show so much that 
something that we all love so much and none of us really understand. Like nobody in history has been able to explain it easier to the masses right. like like John Madden. What a gift and uh, well, what a loss. It's a really hard thing to do, I think. Um, Insanely I, hard. Like we do it on a, a much... Mm-hmm. lower level but i mean exactly. that's part I wouldn't of the be ge- doing this job the way i do it right right exactly yeah same <laughs> yeah, for me i mean yeah. i think that's always been sort of the first yeah. thought in my mind when i write anything is how do i get the if, if someone has never watched a football game are they mm-hmm. going to be able to read this and understand what's happening and i think that that was like i said he just made it so accessible for everyone you could sit yeah. people would watch like Thanksgiving games would be sometimes for people the only game they would watch all year, and you could sit down and enjoy it because <laughs> right. Madden and Summerall were so good on those calls together. So good, and um, that and, and that's another thing that's reminded me in this in the last week or so. And it's unfortunate, obviously, that he passed so close to that documentary. It's almost weird, right? But glad that he was able to see it, right? Yeah, with his family. But they did talk about Summerall in there too, in the in the combination, you know, the duo. And it got me thinking, like, and Madden said it on the show, I think, or somewhere, like thing that we forget, like Summerall was a former player, played in the NFL, like was a play-by-play guy. How rare of a combination. And I had somebody tweet at me last night, like Madden and Summerall were like the best ever in anything. And we completely, people our age, completely took it for granted at the time. Absolutely. Completely (laughs) took it for granted. And now you think back and you're like, oh my God, when Mad, when John Madden was at a football game, NFL football game, like I remember these games, they would send him to like a game with like a young quarterback coming up. And if Madden said that kid was good or was going somewhere, like yeah. he was going somewhere. And if Madden was like, well, I don't know if he's ready yet, we were all like, no, he's probably not ready yet. Like that was, <laughs> he was like America's football conscience. And we did not disagree with him. Like Walter Cronkite of football, whatever you want to call it. That was, to me, that was John Madden. And uh, there'll never be another. Absolutely. Yeah. I, and now that I'm thinking about it, I think I got the, the Madden game and like, Bill Walsh college football right around That's the same time too, yeah. and it was pretty similar like the, was, the yeah. mechanics of it were pretty similar Bill but Walsh. It, oh, yeah. you know just those two games those two guys but yeah I mean the, the announcer thing is really mm-hmm. fascinating because you're right I mean if they were there if they were on the call it was a it didn't matter who was playing it felt like no. a huge game yeah. and you know I was looking I was re-watching part of the uh 97 Thanksgiving game, I think, just to see the end oh. of it, basically, where he's giving out, like, explaining how to carve a turducken and, yeah. like, giving out the legs and, like, all this stuff we now always think of. All with the Barry Madden, Sanders, but Summerall Madden and games, him, he yeah. and Summerall were, were so perfect together because they Summerall were. was just, like, the professional straight man, mm-hmm. you know, like, just he was there to do the call and he let Madden do his thing and they never yeah. stepped on each other's toes and it was just. Yeah, you're right. We totally took it, was it for granted. Yeah, uh, and when and when it was time to be serious, they were both serious, you yep, know. And it was like, my god, they were just perfect. And you would hear so many imitations right over the years. So many guys that would try to be Madden and so many guys that would probably try to be Summerall too, yeah. you know, without even realizing right. it. And it's like it still influences people, but yeah, crazy. Yes, uh Brandon Kerr, one of his uh really enjoyed interacting with him on Twitter. It's uh, he's at SFH commish underscore mm-hmm. one. He always he tweets me all the time about the Lions and about the show and everything. Oh but, yeah. Uh, yeah. He uh he asked me this morning on Twitter, you know, like if are there any comparisons in other sports for John Madden? And so I was trying to think of mm. like Dick Vitale is the one that jumps yeah, out to me. So. Um I, I was thinking like I don't know if you ever watch like my dad always used to watch like this week in baseball, like Mel Allen. Mel I don't know Allen. if you ever watched that. Yeah, like, that was the other that one voice. I was actually thinking. Yeah. Um, um I don't know, like Vin Scully probably does it for people. It's a sort of a different yeah. thing. Ernie Harwell uh, would be Ernie one. Ernie Harwell for around here. here. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's but again, it's really hard. I mean, I think there are people who, mm-hmm. I think there are especially color commentators who are really good at at sort of bringing the game down to just everyone's level. Like if I like Hubie Brown in basketball has always been really good at it. I think Doris Burke's really good at it. Very um, good, both of them. Yes, but great point. I don't know that they're like transcendent names necessarily maybe no. i'm not giving hubie brown enough credit well but. <laughs> i think the difference is like it was just so easy for people like madden and you know probably ernie harwell and some of these guys too but and you know someone like doris burke but like i think what it is is when they tap that when you tap that vein of being able to relate to everybody <laughs> yeah because you're just yourself and you're so unapologetically yourself like that is that was him and i think that all those people that you mentioned 
Like Hubie Brown is that way too, right? Like there's no other Hubie Brown. You don't you're not mistaken him for somebody else. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Like yeah. that's what Belichick said, I think, somewhere he goes, No other John Madden. He's like, You're not walking up a hundred yards away and being like, Oh, that might be John Madden, right? <laughs> like that's that's him. There's no other person unmistakable. And I think that those people are the ones that we we remember the most because they're themselves and they're the easiest to relate to. And um that's just so natural. I don't think that John Madden probably ever tried to do anything that he did on TV, right? He just mm. did it. <laughs> and it right. was just like, yeah. and it just happened. And it was like, it was so obvious that that's what it was. And he was so sort of chill with it. And I think that's why he was, yeah, I mean, an icon and probably broadcasting. Because you think about all of sports broadcasting. I mean, it's influential. He's influential on literally every piece of everything that we do. Uh, just we'll transition here into football in a second. Just some other st- sad news from this week that I wanted to mention. Uh, Jeff Dickerson, who covers the Bears, yes, covered the Bears for ESPN, uh, also passed away on Tuesday night or two, sometime mm. on Tuesday. Um, and I didn't know Jeff, but I know we know people that I, did. I, we know people that did, and I knew him through his work. Um, mm-hmm. He was a he's a really really good beat writer in Chicago um, and certainly all the stuff on Twitter, people talking about him, just yeah, what an incredible guy he was. His wife passed away a couple years ago. Uh, he died of cancer. She also died of cancer. They had an 11-year-old son. Um, so it's a really sad, tragic situation. And we, we've, I've seen a few people uh, tweet out. I think Adam Schefter actually just retweeted it a few seconds yeah, ago. I was but say, yeah. Tar- Taro from our company and a few people have tweeted out a GoFundMe for his son. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you see that around on Twitter and you feel like uh, yeah, and I think bucks. Kevin Seifert wrote an obituary uh, on ESPN.com, so it might be there too if you want yep. to check that out. Um, so yeah, like you said, I hate it. You know, mm-hmm. John Madden, the John Madden death hit everyone, I think, in the it football did. world pretty hard, but I, I didn't want to no, yeah, these are also uh, death yeah. to get lost there too because it mm-hmm. was certainly that a lot of people were feeling that one yep. uh, on Tuesday. So um, as always, our thoughts and prayers are with all the friends and family there and so just wanted to mention that before we move on and i don't have a great way to transition into lions <laughs> no. falcons unfortunately but we should get there for a few minutes um this is a football podcast chris and we're gonna honor <laughs> the football people and talk right. lions yeah fans. so uh <laughs> don't you john madden this one for us and <laughs> well they had to play it i guess that's the thing at this point and when the game ended i think we were like I think I slacked okay. I was like, well, it's probably for the best. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when it ended and it's like, you know, probably for the best. They still they still have the draft pick in place. I don't think they played the, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's one of these things where you gotta play the you gotta play the year out. And I think when you look at the rest of the roster, it's another one where St. Brown was still making plays. I think Decker probably played maybe his best game since he's been back, so that was good to see. But, you know, I don't know. I mean, would people have been pissed if they won? <laughs> Well, that's what I had a, a buddy of mine. Uh, Probably, yeah. a buddy of mine texted me when the game was over that it was the perfect tank game because he played like all young guys. He yeah, played right. hard like they do every week. They had they were it was interesting for three hours and then they lost at the end. Yeah. So, right. um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think it would have been nice for Tim Boyle to get the win. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, because he was a little better, you know, than than the first. He one. was until the yeah. until the end. <laughs> right. at the end, the end of the game, uh, which was. Disastrous for them. Um, yeah, that's true. Which I thought was interesting too. At the end of the game, like this, I guess it was on Monday's press conference. Um, Dan Campbell said one of his regrets from the game was that he didn't help Boyle out more in that situation. That he didn't, you know, put someone in motion, put, put okay. the back in yeah. motion, so he could figure out, make it easier Get to figure out clues, whether it was man right. or zone. Because mm-hmm. that was the thing that Boyle said threw him off. It was a man zone read, and mm-hmm. he read it wrong. He read. Right. zone and they were in man and so that play was supposed to go to the left side where he had Reynolds and St. Brown and it went over the middle where there were like nine defenders exactly. <laughs> right. in the zone yeah, and right. so Campbell said uh, you know I wish I would have given yeah. him something to help him out and I think that that's uh, I don't know I think it's kind of interesting to hear Campbell make the we know he's going to be honest we know he's going to it's not surprising to hear him make admissions like that but um, I think it is one of the conversations we'll continue to have here over at least over the next couple of weeks is just what this offensive coaching setup is going to look like. And I think we have to remember that Dan Campbell is called what seven NFL games as a play caller yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, and With a so mixed he's bag of learning on the job here. It's a pretty tough thing <laughs> right. to do. 
Yeah, and it's also like it's a tough thing to do with a quarterback like Tim Boyle because, like, you know, you know, and we've all criticized Goff, but you would think that Goff is a guy that, with his experience and everything else, might not need the extra, you know, motion check or whatever. To he might be able to make that read a little clearer. It's harder. It's going to be harder for Campbell with someone like Boyle because the experience is so limited and there's just not a lot there. And he is really, you know, an example of a guy that they signed purely based off of his talent profile, as you saw, and, and both times he's played. And really, if you watch back to the preseason, you know, you can see when he rips the ball, like it it flies off his hand and it whistles. But we don't know where the hell it's going, and sometimes he doesn't know <laughs> what he's looking at when the play yeah. starts. So it's like you've got Campbell trying to kind of go through all this. I think that's probably a good a good exercise for him, though, don't you think, to work with a younger quarterback and sort of see all of the things that might trip up a younger quarterback that needs that help. But I mean, for me, the more I looked at that whole thing, it was like, how much of a conversation are we having now <laughs> about the quarterback position at large uh, here as they go into the offseason? I know that there was some hubbub yesterday or whatever it was when Campbell got asked on the radio about could yeah. golf be the quarterback forever? And he was like, well, I mean, I guess, you know, right. like, whatever. <laughs> like, right. but also, you know, it, it made me think about, Okay, well, you know, that's two starts for Tim Boyle. They haven't exactly been stellar. Um, this hasn't exactly been, you know, an awesome year for him. He got the injury and everything else. They took it they, they liked him when the year started. I bet they probably still do. But it does make me wonder, you know, you've got the conversation still about golf. We got it we think that, you know, it makes sense that he'd be here. Not ruling out the possibility of drafting someone still. And I think that not ruling out the possibility of what do you do with Tim Boyle. I, I think that's still some type of a conversation that maybe we get into deeper, but later but this game made me think about that a little bit just the 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 full quarterback picture not just golf right but like the full I don't know did you have the same sort of thought when you're out there watching it like is this going to be it again next year or is there is this not enough I don't know uh I mean my thought was that I'd prefer it not be this next year I guess exactly I prefer prefer another look someone else Boyle's an unrestricted free agent David Blau is a restricted free agent they still have (sighs) And let's Even just Montez can we make Blau a coach? Okay, right. he's not yeah, playing. I mean, it, you're right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Jesus Christ, can we make Blau a coach? Okay, he's not like let's. I want when I, when we both. I'm speaking for Chris now. When we say we want to see someone else, it's not Blau. No offense to Blau. <laughs> okay, continue. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's fair. <laughs> I would like to see, and maybe you bring maybe Blau. Like I said, Blau's a restricted free agent. Maybe you bring him back for the summer and just have him around yeah, as a number three again. And you bring That's in fine. a young guy to develop and yeah, he does a good job with that. And yeah, you let golf be your starter. Like I would be fine. I don't know that they would go into next season with golf and like Malik Willis and nothing else on the <laughs> roster because if golf gets hurt, yeah, that would be right. Rough. Yeah. So I don't know. Like, I think that you still need one of these like yeah. guys around. I mean, Tim Boyle's making 2.4 million this year. So I don't exactly. know. Yeah. Like, I don't think you need something like, like, I think David Blau would be fine in that role. It's like your emergency veteran. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe oh, totally. that's, yeah. that's what you He'd do be when better, you draft someone and in you that role. go yeah. with golf. Yeah. I mean, I, the one thing just on the play calling real quick that I think I would like to see develop a little bit from Campbell as he goes forward here is I, I was, a, I've been a little surprised now in both Boyle starts, um, and I know they're trying to just sort of manage everything with him and, and give him some give him a chance. But I, the one thing that we saw from him in training camp was that he's a much better athlete on the move than Jared Goff, and they didn't yeah, really yeah. build any of that into the offense either. Start right, like, so yeah. that's like that's something from a play calling perspective, especially if you're going to draft a guy who's not Goff. Like if you draft Carson Strong, you can run the exact same stuff. I think you run yeah. with Goff, but if you draft one of these athletes, athletic guys you know if you're drafting sam howell or uh or even pickett right like i think you can do a lot more outside the pocket than they do oh yeah and that's the thing i would have liked to see a little bit more of with boyle just to see like what can they come up with on one week's notice for a guy who can move around a bit so maybe that um, was part of it you know that it was just short notice too i don't know yeah yeah, that's a good point Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know that we've seen. I, I mean, they like Boyle, but I don't know that we've seen anything from Boyle that, like, he has no, to be no. in the room next year, right? No, like, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, it's been <laughs> it's been kind of disappointing, to be honest. I think the injury was the injury, but even in, and to be fair, like, I think back to preseason, and it was like 
when they gave him that full game and he got hurt, Campbell actually and and they sucked that day. If everyone remembers right, it was a really rough day. But I think Campbell, if I remember right, he was like I think Boyle was starting to feel it a little bit in that game. They liked some of the throws he made, and then he got hurt. So maybe it was like maybe right. it was starting to come, and then he got hurt. But you know, Camp was not really Camp was. I mean, bad. yeah, I wasn't wild or yeah, it was bad. I mean, it wasn't good. He didn't make. Golf was better than him. Well, we, you know, Blau right. was we, better than him. We thought you know, Blau was going to so. be the backup. Yeah, frankly, so, <laughs> I mean, we thought yeah, he had won that backup job. It's been, you know, and I say disappointing. I didn't expect him to come in here and like beat Golf for the job, but I mean, like he he didn't have enough of those moments in camp where you were like, oh, I understand why he's here. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like I understand why they're excited about him or invested in him. There wasn't enough of them. You know, there were some, but it wasn't enough. And then obviously we haven't seen it here in these I two. Mean, starts i was a little disappointed <laughs> we heard yeah. some things from green bay that yeah they he was loved gonna him come in and light it on fire sure. through all of august and we right didn't see that i mean he was the only guy in camp that was willing to push the ball down the field that was yeah. the that and the athleticism stood out for me but a lot of it was pretty it's rough, rough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. i mean Not like good. you said that the backup line when he was in there whatever game that was i and was it indianapolis oh, whatever yeah, preseason it was, game it was he Jeez. just got killed like he oh, every so time bad. like five step drops and there were guys all over him so yeah um I, you know that's always one of the challenges of being the backup quarterback you got to work with whoever's left at the, right, <laughs> the yeah. preseason oh. so um but i don't i mean i yeah i certainly wouldn't go into this offseason thinking well they got to get tim boyle back i would think yeah that's the draft should be the you figure out who can be just a hold down the fort guy for you, and you look at this draft again, and you know uh, we got a couple questions again, like what quarterback fits what they're trying to do, mm-hmm. and that's part of the coaching question too, though I think, right? Like I don't yep. know, like is it this going to be yeah. with the offenses? Is this going to be a? I mean, I think it's worth pointing out here too that Dan Campbell was just in a spot where Sean Payton has has a coordinator, but he's been the play caller for forever 15 years you yeah know? right <laughs> uh and so it's entirely possible that this is the setup you know that they hire yeah. or promote someone to coordinator campbell keeps calling the plays and this is what the offense pretty much looks like with some tweaks here and there yeah my guess that's a good point and i think that that's what it will be and my guess will be is that it will it will evolve and it will flow sort of like new orleans offense does based on whoever's with him at the time and i think new orleans right now is kind of going through it um, obviously they're post Drew Brees and Peyton was uh, with Brees there forever. So I think he's still, and they're doing some weird stuff uh, over there. So Peyton is definitely experimenting right now, right now, but I do think it'll be similar, right? The more we've seen this year, Campbell is absolutely, I think that he's probably learned of himself that he has to be involved in the offense or he won't be able to function. I think that's just sort of, his quirk as a head coach, and maybe that's how he's going to do it. And and if he goes and hires a coordinator, and like we said, maybe it's somebody already here, like Ben Johnson. Maybe it's Deuce. I don't know. Maybe it's like, and, and maybe, I don't know if it's Anthony Lynn. I doubt it. That was the one that we were like, it seems like Anthony Lynn would be overqualified to be in that sort of role for much longer. But maybe that would be something that would be cool for someone like someone like Deuce to to be in that sure. role somewhere where he's game planning with Campbell and he's bouncing ideas off him and all this sort of thing. That's the kind of guy I almost I wonder about if if he's the that's the role that's the person you're looking for whether it be Deuce or somebody else but then it makes you think right where you're like the do you need a, like an experienced play caller backstop somewhere in there like that can like tell you guys hey that sounds good but maybe you should like breathe for a minute I don't know but this definitely does seem like the run game coordinator pass game coordinator Campbell. Right. Like that seems like what it's going to be. I don't know. I could be wrong, but that's what it feels like. It does feel like that. And I think part of it is because I really wonder if Campbell went through those first eight weeks and was just sort of foaming at the mouth because he couldn't mm-hmm. really help as much as he wanted to during the game because he couldn't call plays. You know, 100% and, and, what it was. Yeah. And so he was just sort of we saw him. We'd watch him on the sideline there and he'd just be like pacing back and yep. forth and trying to, you know, poking his head in here and there. But I, I, I do wonder if after however many months it was of sort of letting everyone else fill in their roles and, and run their position groups and everything, if he was like, all right, I, I need to be more hands-on than I've let myself be. And 
Yeah, I wouldn't I, be surprised if he really likes doing it. <laughs> He's part I, of the gay 100%. action again here. Yeah, I think that like he probably went into the year because um, all these head coaches that are first time head coaches. Campbell's actually talked about this, like when he was at Miami as the interim. Uh, the biggest thing or regret or whatever that he had afterward was that he was when he started, he was trying to do everything. He was trying to like control everything, and that's something that we hear a lot from first time head coaches, right? Like I think Bevel actually said something like that, something similar. You know, when you're an interim. Or whatever, and you're thrust into that job. Like your first instinct is to just control everything because you trust yourself more than you trust anyone else. And so I think Campbell was probably trying to push himself as far as he could go with the whole like I'm going to outsource everything, you know, because he kind of did like the collaboration with Holmes, the collab, all this stuff, and, and they do a lot of that. And I think he probably was pushing himself as much as he could. But you're right, I think Chris like probably got to a point where he was like, this is just not me. I don't feel like me here. I need to be in this. Like I need to be in what we're doing on offense all like to to the level of making sure we have an extra motion in there to give you know like that I think is that's just him. I think that's his yeah. personality and that I think is like Sean Payton. I think that's similar to Sean Payton who would probably tell you, "Yeah, I I am probably controlling, but also like <laughs> like if I get people around me that understand understand that and understand that I'm not like a psycho about it. Like I'm controlling, but like I want you to be with me and I want your opinion. Like I, he's got to find the right people. And I think that that's, I think he's got good people here, but I think that that's going to be a process for him too. And I, he'll probably be a unique coach. I think that's, I think that's what we're going to see. I, he'll be different. I think he's going to be different um, in a lot of ways. I don't know if it's all going to be good, but I definitely think he's going to be different. I think we could say that. So before we get off the coaching point, we had a, another question uh, on Twitter from uh, Ed Wood asking, like, I think at this point we're all assuming Anthony Lynn is, I don't think sure. he's going to get fired. I think it's going to be just, just leave, a yeah. mutual right. parting. You know, like this wasn't, or I didn't come here job. to be yeah, a right. run game <laughs> coordinator. And right, yeah. I'm sure they respect him too much to bury him on the coaching depth chart. Mm-hmm. So I think he's, they'll probably split, but. Uh, is there anyone else, like, is there any other spot on this roster that, or on this coaching roster that you think the Lions might have to replace someone or they might lose someone or that hasn't, it's hard for us to get a sense for maybe who hasn't done well with this new regime, but there are some holdovers from the previous regime. So is there anyone you're looking at and thinking that might not be here next year? Well, we didn't see any, um, interviews from the Jaguars or whatever it was with, Aaron Glenn. So right. at least on that one, it seems they're they're going to dodge the bullet. But like, I still think he's going to get, I still think he's going to get interviews. I don't know if he's going to get a chance, right? I don't know if someone's going to hire him because of all the base, you know, the the um, the lack of experience. But you know, it if Aaron Glenn were to be hired, I would bet most of my money that Aubrey Pleasant would be his defensive coordinator, <laughs> right? I think, and I wouldn't be shocked. If Aubrey Pleasant got a chance to run his own defense somewhere this year, it wouldn't shock me at all. That would be those two guys on defense are the two that I think about the most. I, you know, like I think I'm not alone there. That, you know, people have seen sort of the way Pleasant, I think, is connected with guys. And while the Lions still have problems in the secondary, you've seen the growth that guys like Jerry Jacobs made, which is ridiculous. Um, and some of the other guys this year that have, you know, even Will Harris has improved and and we've talked to Aubrey several times and everybody knows his deal and, and how you know intense he can be and how much everybody likes playing for him. Wouldn't surprise me at all. Um offensively, you know, I I think about some of those other guys too. You know, you think about you know, he hasn't had anybody here to work with, but I mean Antoine Randall knows a lot of people. I, I don't know. You know, it, it for some of these guys, I, I almost wonder like they all have connections. And like how much they like it here is going to, is going to probably be, you know, some of what this, some of what this ends up being. But I think most of these guys do like Dan Campbell and that's why they came here. And I think for the most part, if it's a tie, you know, if it's this job or another job that's like this, I'll probably keep this job. I think that for the most part, they should be able to keep guys here, but you know, they hired good people. So I think that there are going to be some risks. Is there somebody I'm missing? Do you, do you have anybody else here that you think? off the top here that you're like uh, no I mean what about I Hank Fraley I mean I, I, that could be one too at some point here that you know you you wonder about with the offensive uh, line I mean I think yeah I mean he's one that I think that they'll commit to as much as they can because Have he's done such a good job and they wanted and the players wanted him so badly so I I don't know that there is anyone that uh, this is one of those things where it's harder to get a feel for too because we're 
we don't get to be around it as much anymore. Like if there's someone who's just like, yeah, not true. contributing as the way yeah. that Campbell thought he was. I don't know right. that like I have that now yeah, right. at the yeah, moment. Right. So, yeah. um, I mean, I think the big ones, like I think Lynn is probably leaving. I would assume Deuce is staying unless he gets head coaching jobs, which we haven't yeah. really heard any of that buzz. Yeah, that I would think make I said, sense. Yeah. I think I said last week, like the goal for the Lions should be to not lose Glenn and Pleasant the same off season. So <laughs> yeah, they keep one of them for the love of God. <laughs> but I do think you're right. I mean, I think at some point here, uh, if Glenn doesn't start getting head coaching o- offers, I think Aubrey Pleasant will start getting mm-hmm. yeah defensive coordinator chances. So Absolutely. that's well, maybe even in college. I don't Aubrey Pleasant oh, yeah. in college yeah. would be a fascinating coach. I wouldn't rule that out either. How would you? I mean, how would you judge? How some of these other guys on, like Todd Wash on the D line, Kelvin Shepard's mm-hmm. had outside linebackers, Mark DeLeon's inside linebackers, and then yeah. Dom Capers is still around and helping <laughs> out. Like, how do you judge any of those? Is there anyone there that? Yeah, I'm like, glad you that, mentioned Shepard actually, because yeah. I think he's probably a guy. He would be a guy that I would wonder about if you lost a defensive guy. If Campbell would say, "Okay, well, we're going to give Kelvin more, um, more responsibility." Because he's right now, he's just working with the edge guys, right? But like all right. of their edge guys who've played this year, <laughs> I mean, go down the list. They've all done stuff, right? Every single guy they've put in there, I think, has played pretty well. And he's been, he's another one like Pleasant that guys like a lot, I think. The guys get along with him. He's younger. He's closer to them in age. He played. He was good. Like he understands how to grind. He knows what this is all about. Like he's here for it. He's like Dan Campbell, right? He's like, he's a lot like Glenn. And he's a lot like Pleasant, and he's a lot like Campbell and Deuce. Those are the guys that I think of when I think of personality-wise. I think they're all from the same, you know what I'm saying? Like, they're all from the same sort of family. So Shepard would be one that, I don't know if he would, maybe, because he's another one that's pretty well connected. It's not like, because we talked to him in the summer, and I think he was weighing a couple options, um, including maybe playing uh, when he took the job in Detroit. So, I don't know. I mean, like, he would be one. I'm not sure. You know, you never know with coaching on on who comes up where. But, like, he would be one that I would almost look at as maybe he goes. But also, maybe if you lost someone, maybe you could use him in another role. I think that he's another guy that they found that they like a lot. Um, Yeah. You know, a lot, a lot. And it's still really early for him, so it's hard to say. Well, that's one that you mentioned college for Pleasant. I could see Kelvin Shepard. Yeah, him too. And I don't know Kelvin Shepard that well beyond when we've talked to him uh, through the media. But he was – you said he just retired like yeah, he's young. two yeah. years ago. Um, and then he went back and he was the director of player development for uh, LSU for a year. And he played at LSU. <laughs> Jesus. Um, yeah, I think he so would I do well like in college, man. Like I, yeah. even just thinking that we were talking about, you know, yeah. Michigan for a second there. Like Damn. Mike McDonald was what? The linebackers coach, right? At, at Baltimore. And then, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, and then boom. winds yeah, up D right. coordinator yeah. at Michigan. Like, and he was a coach for longer than Shepard's been a coach, but he yep. wasn't a player. Like Shepard was nope. a player. And so that's like, I could see that sort of transition for him at some point. If there isn't a, you're right. You know, that's a new ladder yeah. in the end. That's a new window that might be opening too. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, but I think for the most part, this staff should be back. Right. I would think, I think so. <laughs> and, I, and I think the thing I would say to people who are paranoid and freaking out about it is, and you know, rightly so Aaron Glenn has been great. And I think we all kind of knew Aaron Glenn would be good. But, like, the thing to remember here is, like, Aaron Glenn was Dan Campbell's number one choice on his assistant list, right? Dan Campbell knows, like, a billion people in football, <laughs> and they all like right. him. Yeah. Like, okay, like, so I don't, I don't think it's going to be something where it's like, oh, Dan Campbell lost his ace defensive coordinator. He will never be able to hire another one again. Like, it's like, well, Matt Patricia has one friend who happens to be the best defensive, like, and he's screwed, and now he'll never be able to hire... No, that's not what this is. I, I think that... I don't know that he'd be able to make a replacement that would be of the same caliber. Probably not, because I think we all think Glenn's pretty special, and I think he is, but, like, I think he'd be able to do pretty well, don't you think? Like, I I think that his Rolodex seems impressive enough to me that I think he'd have a fighting chance, and he knows enough people, smart people in football, and I think he's the type of guy that would take advice seriously. So I think that... I would be interested. I wouldn't be panicked. I would be interested to see what his next move would be. If his next move is a disaster, then yeah, okay. Now we're panicking. But right now, I think that the way the 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 hires he made with the first staff gives me enough sort of belief that if they were to lose a couple of these guys, I would at least give them the benefit of the doubt that they'd be able to do pretty well with replacements. You know what I mean? So I, I wouldn't be totally in the panic boat. 
on that one just yet, though I do understand, you know, because, you know, damn, Aaron Glenn is really good. And it would be a big deal for them if they could keep him here for like three years to see this rebuild through maybe to at least the first year of them being what they think is, you know, a team that's ready to compete. And and maybe that's something that interests Aaron too. I, you know, we haven't, again, like I wish we could be in there because I know that we'd be able to sit down with him more too, but hard to get a sense on a lot, on a lot of that right now. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not preach you and your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. I think it says something that we're even having these conversations. Yeah. Like it's a two twelve and one team, and we're talking about <laughs> right. maybe Aaron Glenn gets a job, maybe Aubrey Pleasant gets a D coordinator job, maybe Ben Johnson's ready to be an offensive coordinator. I think coaches, you talk about like looking around at at opportunities. Uh, other coaches who are trying to climb the ranks are going to notice that, and they're going to mm-hmm. notice how he's brought Deuce in here and said from the day one, like we want him to be a head coach. That's why he's here. So we're going to yeah. help him learn how to be a head coach and. He'll probably leave at some point. Like I yep. think that they're, if he's calling around and saying, "Look, we got a whatever job is about to come open here. Like we need a tight ends coach to because we're bumping our guy up." Uh, yeah. Like I think that would. I sell. yeah. I think that I, would play. I think that's for a how lot it's going to go, coaches. and I and I don't think Dan Campbell is like the Patricia, and I say Patricia because he was just here, but he's not the only one like this. Like the you know, well, he worked with him before, so that's who he's hiring. <laughs> you know, like. He he worked. He shared an office with him, so no questions asked. He's hiring this guy or whatever. Like he played with him before. Like Campbell, like we said, I think that his his net is pretty wide, um, and I think that this should be an attractive place to a degree for younger coaches who are looking to sort of prove themselves. Because Campbell's talked so much about the opportunity Sean Payton gave him, um, you know, to learn and. I think that they made that very clear to every person they interviewed for a staffer job this offseason, and that's why they were able to hire the staff they were able to hire. And when you, uh, I think PFF tweeted out the other day, uh, the Packers, some other playoff team, and the Lions are the three best teams in the league against the spread. Okay? <laughs> like, that is not nothing. And teams absolutely will see that. The Lions have gotten growth from a ton of guys this year because they have a yeah, good staff. Right. And I think that uh, you're probably going to lose some guys. But they did have a good staff to begin with, and it was high, and it was assembled by Dan Campbell. I don't think we should forget that part uh, of the whole thing either when we look at it. You're not expecting uh, who was the Texas A&M coach when he was like RC Slocum <laughs> to be the defensive coordinator? Of no, probably not. Probably not. But like you know, maybe maybe one of those guys. But that's the thing. Like Campbell's from Texas, right? So I think right. like he knows yeah. all these guys from all these Texas colleges. Like know each other in a weird way. Like I. I think I kind of figured that out when we were talking to dudes this summer. Like, like they all have these weird relationships. So the Texans all, uh, they know each other in, in a weird Texan way that I can't right. understand. So, yeah, maybe that'll be a connection somewhere. Now that I say R.C. Slocum's <laughs> name, I think his son is the, like, associate head coach oh, of Arizona oh, okay. State. Well, so <laughs> Probably is. Maybe yeah. he will be the defensive yeah. <laughs> coordinator here. Um, all right. So let's uh, – we got a couple more questions we'll hit here before we wrap up. Um you want to talk about Will Harris or you want to talk about the draft? 
Uh, let's talk about oh, the draft. receivers. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so the draft, a lot of the questions have been about the quarterbacks, which we've sort of touched on a little. But the other one that has come up as the Lions now look like they're going to be picking number two is, is this Hutchinson versus Thibodeau or is there anyone else here? Like, is one of the quarterbacks going to be in the mix? Is We've talked about Kyle Hamilton uh, a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, I, I, everyone else is an offensive lineman. I'm trying yeah. to think of who else would even be in that conversation. Uh, uh, top three, That's for me, that's about it. Like, I know there's some good – like. I know you've watched Jordan Davis. The and Jordan's yeah. got a couple of defensive yeah, linemen. But I don't think those guys are going number two. No, I don't think like like I don't even know if Davis is my one on George's defensive line. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, right. I, because they're all so good. But yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I don't think they're uh, going. I mean, I mean, maybe they go. I, I, cornerbacks, the one where I like keep saying no. to myself, I don't think they can take a cornerback. But no. yeah, Stingley is good. Stingley's though. up that, there, right? Um, I no to me it's Thibodeau and Hutchinson. Hamilton is the third to me that I would yeah. like. He's the guy that I've looked at and said, like, I mean, you're not going to, you know, if you if you had to draft Kyle Hamilton, my God, what a pain that would be. Like, if that would be <laughs> the worst thing you had to do, then you're still doing pretty well. I think that that's, and I guess Stingley would be one too, but yeah, the corner thing is scaring me probably. Um, Hamilton trumps that one for me because I think he could probably even play corner <laughs> if you wanted him to. Like, I think he could do anything in the defensive backfield. So those are the three guys that I've looked at right now. Like, I and again, I we're just starting all this, kind of, and we'll get more into it as time goes on. But, like, you're not taking a tackle, right? You're not taking Evan Neal. Um, Stingley would maybe would be the, other, the only other guy in that conversation. And I guess, you know, the other thing would be, I guess, Chris, like, if they love Kenny Pickett or something and say, right. like, we right. love Kenny Pickett. He's our he's our guy. We think he is the best quarterback that, you know, here and we're taking him. I don't care. Like I'm not going to rule that out because maybe it's just me get, you know, guessing out of the clear blue sky, but I look at the Lions and I see the guy that walks out in that Lions sweatshirt every day, single day, John Dorsey, who did the exact same thing in Cleveland with Mayfield, and I wonder yeah. if that's going to be rubbed off here and if that's in Helms Voted to do that with Goff, right? When they drafted him, I don't know. Like if it, that's not something that I'm totally ready to shake. But for me, it's still Hutchinson, Thibodeau, and then if you had to take Hamilton, that would still be pretty good. Are you? Am I? Am I what do you think here? Is there anybody else in the top two for you? Uh, I and then the picket question. I'm asking you the same thing. Like, do you <laughs> would you rule that out completely? I wouldn't rule out Coral. From Ole Miss yeah. or Pickett. Yeah. I mean, I think those are the only... Or just Pickett, the idea that it would be a quarterback, I guess. Right, right, right. I mean, I was going to say, like, even Pickett for me, that high is a stretch. Like, Coral's the one, I guess. Oh, yeah. I could see getting up there. Um, I don't think you're taking, like, like Willis or Desmond Ritter or Sam Howell at no number way. two overall. So, that's a pretty short conversation at quarterback. And it's really just if you think one of those guys is your... Like, if you think Kenny Pickett is... The franchise guy, yeah. You're not waiting till 26 well, right. I mean, or wherever the Rams pick is because you can't. You're not. He's not going to be there. So I don't know. I mean, the only other position that keep has crept into my head a little bit, and I don't know that there's a guy that would get up that high. But just knowing that they looked at Jamar Chase last year, mm-hmm. and knowing they did, yeah. that they need, even if they re-sign Josh Reynolds, and I think at this point. They probably to. will re-sign Josh Reynolds. Yeah, right. And St. Brown's been ridiculous the last yeah. month. Heinz Ward, yeah. You still <laughs> need like a true number one receiver. Yeah. And I'm looking at this class. It's a really good receiver class, but I don't know that I can talk myself into like, there. Garrett Wilson or Jamison Williams as the number two pick in the draft. No. But you know can what you? I can do? No, but you know what I can do? I can talk myself into trading down and taking yeah. one of those guys. Right. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> And I think that that is, you know, depending on how this shakes, like if they land at one, I don't think I'm trading it. I think I'm taking, I think I'm taking Hutchinson if they, uh, today, if I'm at, you know, that would be my answer today. If they landed at one, I don't think I would trade it. Um, but I don't know. I don't know that I wouldn't. And like, if you're at two or three and somebody else gets a hair there and says, I want, like, I definitely think that could be something that we all thought last year maybe was the year to do that. Maybe this year's a year to do that. I don't know. 
maybe this year's the year to, to move back and then just be like, oh my God, you have like seven draft picks in this draft all of a sudden that are like guys who can be counted on next year. Like if, if that's something that they can, you know, these are all things that are still possible. We talked about this the other day. I tweeted it the other day. You know, these guys say a lot of stuff because they have to answer questions. They commit to nothing. Like, I think that all these things that we look at with the draft and, you know, people were like, Campbell said the other day he hasn't watched a second of college tape all year or whatever. And I'm like, guys, I think he's probably lying. I think he's probably watched a second of college tape or whatever. Like, you know, I, I don't know. I, I That's kind of how I look at this whole thing. And I try not to totally erase all possibilities. But, yeah, it's not a draft where there's a ton of options up there at one, right? Like, I just don't think there is. Yeah, I mean, that's the unfortunate thing. Like, if yeah. you're trading it. Yeah, it's not going to be a lot of. Yeah, right. This isn't going to be one of those halls where you're. No setting yourself up for the next five years it'd be like you probably get maybe you get another number one and but you're probably trying to get a couple two day two picks right yeah um and then i guess you know obviously it depends on how far you go back but i mean i don't think it's i don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities by any means that you trade back a little bit or you come out around one with like hamilton like we mentioned hamilton or you trade back a few spots and take a receiver and then you get like yeah, you got like Garrett Wilson or something like that, and then yeah, yeah right. and then like I think the back which would be half awesome, is, yeah, right. I mean, yeah, right. <laughs> right. yeah like. And I think there certainly is like that wherever they land uh, with that Rams pick. I think there's going to be. I mean, you could get a wide receiver there. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, get an offensive lineman. I, there's some edge guys. If you don't get Hutchinson or Thibodeau, like I, yeah, you could go look at uh, the Purdue kid, if he's around, Karloftis. Karloftis, uh, yeah, he's really good too. Like if yeah. Jabo goes, uh, Cam Shit, Thomas yeah, from right. San Diego State's really, really, I love Cam uh-huh. Thomas. Um, so there's, there's going to be some, they, like you said, they should come out of this. They've got three picks in the first, you know, 33, 34 right mm-hmm. now, as is. They could end up with more, but they should be able to come out of this with some damn good already. Guys yeah. that help you. And I think the, the real, question is just where do they fall in love with a quarterback if they fall in love with a quarterback this year uh yeah, and i don't right. know it's really hard to sort of guess at it i don't i don't know i mean i think that they're probably Hutchinson's there at two and they yeah. take matt coral <laughs> that's gonna be a problem it's gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be some people yeah, talking right, exactly <laughs> uh, but i think the thing to keep in mind i guess maybe is that i don't know yet um, and the thing that everybody points to is the old, you know, Holmes telling the Rams folks back in the day, like, if you guys think that this is your guy, then we have to get him. But that's not happening unless you are completely sure this is your guy. Like, you have to be completely sure this is your guy. Right. Like, it can't be, you know, <laughs> that you need a quarterback today, so you have to – like, they're not there yet. And think. the Lions still have the guy he was talking about. Exactly. I think it's worth yeah, they do. Out, so. so that's neither here nor there. So but circles us back to Dan Campbell's comment, which I think was what? Yeah, he got, right. It was like, I don't see yeah. why not, was when sure. he was asked yeah. if Goff could be the quarterback moving into the future. I think. It's the same thing they said all, all along. <laughs> right. I, I don't know. Have, do you feel like people have moved more towards acceptance of Goff as the quarterback next year? Like in the mm. fan base, I guess. Do you feel like well, there's more of an understanding that this could be okay? I think that they're like more okay with the idea that he could be here next year if they draft another guy or bring another guy in with him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if they but I don't think they're gonna be cool with if it's just Goff and Boyle <laughs> again and like no no other you know, no other indication that there's any sort of like plan to look at another you know, like that if if that's something that we're sitting here in May talking about. I don't think people are going to be happy with that, but I don't necessarily know that that's going to be the case either. And it's like, you know, yeah, I guess, I guess what we don't know too is, you know, what is Holmes's sort of thought on, okay, um, we don't love one of these quarterbacks enough to take him at one or two, but like there are some guys in this class that we like and we have five picks in the top 50 do you maybe reach in the second round for one? Like maybe that's one that I, you know, I wouldn't rule that out. Like that's something where I'm think where, where I've thought about, you know, do you slip in there and get one before the run on guys happens? Do you use that second pick in the first round, right? Like to mess around with and take one if, if they're, they're still sitting there at 30 or something like that. I don't know. So 
I guess I, that's the thing that I've tried to keep in mind is they do have the other pick. And there are other things. They don't have to take a quarterback here. They don't have to do anything still. And so unless, unless you really love one, if they take a quarterback up there, it would, it would be, you know, indication to me that they think this guy's the guy, right? Like, no questions asked. Yeah, it's hard to do do the game where you're like, well, we'll just wait till the round three and right. take a quarterback. Because at some point, someone's going to sneak in. And it's you can't even really But they can it. be the team that sneaks in, I guess is right, what I'm trying right, to say. Right. I yeah. just, like, I'm trying to do the math on, like, when... Because last year there was obviously the big run. There were three straight quarterbacks at the top. Mm-hmm. There were five in the first 15, right? I think Mac Jones yeah. was the fifth. Yeah. Uh, and then nothing until the end of round two. And then there was another little run of, like, it was Kyle Trask, Kellen Mond. And <laughs> Davis well, Mills has actually been all right. Yeah. The Texans the was a, in the early round three. And then, like, the Saints took Ian Book, who... Jesus. <laughs> not great. Not great on Monday night. But... Uh, so I, I don't know. I mean, that's sort of the thing. Like I'm trying to, and it's still we're not even into January yet. It's still kind of early to line this up. But that's that's more the math I'm trying to do because I can't get myself to them picking a guy at two. But no. I'm trying to do the math on where the run on like Ritter Strong, yeah, exactly. if Willis is in there, like when that's going to happen. If that's going to be late round date, round one, or if they could do that at the top of round two. And I'm not. I don't know. I, I don't know. That yeah, know that's that what I wonder right about, right? Like, and it's like, and if that's what they're looking at, I wonder if if they're like, "Hey, we let let's keep an eye on that, see what teams are vibing at, and maybe we can be the team that starts the run or whatever, like gets in front of that wave." If like you know, what I'm saying like if Howell and you know Ritter and Pickett even are sitting there longer than you thought they were going to be sitting there, and if there's no obvious. You know, we all know those moments. Like they could be the team that jumps up and maybe does it. They have the capital to do it, I guess, is what I would what I would say. Not necessarily saying they would do that, but I think that's a possibility still, you know, for them. Just as next year would be a possibility if you love one of those, you know, Stroud or Bryce Young. I still think next year you could load up all your stuff and just be like, here's everything we got. We're gonna well, all we need left is the quarterback, so we're gonna go get him. You know, like I still think you can do that next year. I don't think that that's something we should rule out either. Yeah, I, I. I mean, that's a I, lot of thinking down the road, but like you know, <laughs> they they have a lot of capital. I mean, like that's not you know, and if they take this draft, which is still a lot, they have a lot of picks coming to this draft, and they just build a team with it, and then you go into next year and say like, all right, here's all of our picks. Number one, we want Bryce Young. We're gonna go get him. Yeah, like the 49ers did with Lance. I mean, you could you could do that. That's not. Out of the realm. That's something I thought about the minute they traded Stafford. Like, you know, like, a uh, long way to go, a lot to happen before then, but I think we should keep that in there somewhere. I think if anything has, um, if anything's changed over the past four to five weeks, I think it's this idea that they could wait till next year and still have like a top three pick and get a quarterback. Cause I think now the expectation is that they're yeah, going to win right. some games next year. Yeah. <laughs> now you're talking about picking 10. Well, yeah, but you'd have 12. to take your entire draft and trade right. it to a team for one. Yeah. They, right. Like that's what you'd have to, it would have to be like the, yeah, the Jimmy Johnson reverse, like the, right. you're, you're getting Herschel Walker or, or whatever and like giving them everything. That's what you'd have to do. But like, that's if you have a team already where you're like, Hey, like we like, the pieces we have here. We don't necessarily think we need four more in this draft. We only need one more and it's a quarterback. Like you could do that. Like I still yeah. think that that's something to look at. Uh, we'll just, our last question I'll answer. I'll try to get to most of these in our mailbag on the site, but this sort of ties into the draft question is what positions do you think they need to really get after in free agency before they get to the draft? And some of that's going to have to depend yeah. on who they're resigning, but where are your two or three priorities as you're looking at this roster right now? Uh, you know, it depends, I guess, on – some of it depends on what you like in the draft. But, you know, the more I've – I would say probably corner. You probably need a veteran corner somewhere. Yeah, I was going to say safety. We've been uh, talking safety about safety would be the other one. seven but, like, months. Safety is the one where it's like you could draft a safety, but I still think you probably need to sign. I would sign and draft a safety, to be honest. I would probably do both. So I would and corner too. I'd probably sign and draft a corner. Um, corner safety probably would if you're going to spend money like and I don't know how much they have, but if you're going to like stretch yourself and like splurge on something or whatever, yeah, it would be one of those two. It would be a corner or a safety, I would think, and um, just somebody that could be a table setter and like a really good, just a good player. That if you have to pay him a little bit more, then 
you know, whatever, fine. And he's your steady hand back there that can help everybody else kind of come along. That's the guy I would, I don't know who that is. I don't know. Is there somebody off the top of your head that, that you've been looking at? Cause I mean, you, I know you follow that stuff. Like, is there anybody that's coming open at safety or corner that would be like moderately, pr- not moderately priced, <laughs> but like that would be like, that would fit any of those or am I too ahead of myself here? Cause I guess we don't know. Might be all ahead the, of you. So yeah. I don't know that I've looked at the yeah. draft class that closely. I know. I mean, I know but there's a couple like, yeah, there's a couple like I always sort of start with the there's former Saints. So right. Yeah, a, right, yeah. Like uh I think PJ Williams and like Marcus Williams are both gonna be free agents again. Quandre, your boy Quandre's okay. gonna be a free agent. Hey, like <laughs> what about Slay? We've talked about Slay a thousand times. Can they get Slay back here? Would there like the Eagles have paid him? Right? Like I'm just now I'm just spit this is just me guy. I have no one has told us this. But like the Eagles have paid him. Slay got all this money, right? Um Yeah. I guess the Eagles are better now, right? They're winning again. So maybe that's... I was thinking about this when the Eagles sucked and it looked like they were going nowhere. Like, maybe the Lions could get Slay off the scrap heap and bring him back here and he could be like their, uh... <laughs> like their, like... Like their swagger captain or something as they kind of grow up. He would love it, I would think. I think Sway would... He'd probably have fun. Like, he'd probably yeah. play for the staff. Yeah. But, you know, I don't know. I, something I mean, like that, yeah. It, cornerback is interesting to me because I think we've seen that Aaron Glenn's defense can work with, like... Anything you give him at cornerback, so <laughs> pretty much. Do yeah, you need probably. to go sign a cornerback? I, I think you do. I think okay. it doesn't have to be CB. It doesn't have to be like you don't have to go sign like you know a franchise corner. I think you have to go sign like a veteran presence corner, like a guy who can come in here and help your, you know, because if Jacobs is still going to be here, like a guy that can come in here and continue to work with, like they like they've done with Anzalone, but a younger guy that you actually like that can play for a longer time. You know, like, a, you know, I, I know that that seems maybe unicornish, but like, that's what I'm thinking about when I'm thinking there. Like, if you're going to spend money on a, in a free agent realm, that's where I would spend it. Yeah. The rest of it, in terms of like future guys that I want, I'm still looking at the draft for that right now. If I'm the Lions, I'm not looking at free agency necessarily. If somebody comes up, fine, but I'm not looking at free agency necessarily as like my answer. I need to find an answer at corner for the next seven years and we're going to do it through free agency. No, I would be trying to do that through the draft. If that makes any sense. I don't know if that's the question or whatever, but like that's, I don't know. I, I'm to- I, I have a different opinion on f- free agency than a lot of people. I, I know some value it super high. I often, it can get tricky. <laughs> so like, I, I just uh, tend to sort of with where they're at right now, I would yeah. try to save my money as best I could, to be honest with you. And I, I think, think they're I'd... with you. I yeah. don't think they're going to go spend. If yeah. They have forty-five million. I don't think they're going to go spend thirty-five million of it. Like I, I think this is going to be one or two. They might have another year like last year, where you maybe bring in a yeah. guy in a two-year contract, a one-year right. contract. You're just trying to plug holes while you figure out what you can do with these young guys. I don't think they're. Right. Like, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't think they're going out and handing fifteen like the... million dollars to Tyron Matthew if he hits free agency. No. No, and the free agency thing, like the Belichick Patricia free agency <laughs> plan or whatever, was like based on the, the, the based on hear those air quotes <laughs> based on the thought that Patricia and Quinn told themselves that they knew more about every free agent than every team in the league, <laughs> right? So they were going to be able to get guys on a discount. That's no, like that's insane. Like so, no, yeah, I, I think that I agree. Like Lions are probably still looking at the draft and then. But Holmes has said it a bunch. Like, if somebody does, you know, you stack players all year to sort of do your due diligence. And if someone that you love, that you talk about all the time, and we know that they, these guys all have these players in their heads that they've scouted, that they're like, oh, God, if this guy ever comes open, I'm <laughs> trading my, you know, trade my car for him or whatever. Like, if that guy, you know, comes up and you love right. him, like, fine. But, like, otherwise, no, stick with the draft. Right. All right. Well... <laughs> I don't know if that guy exists, but there's probably someone. There's probably someone out there that got. I am positive Grand Aaron Holmes. Glenn has like three guys <laughs> oh, that he's yeah, like. Right. If you can get me this guy, this guy, and this yeah, guy, Von we Mel. won't give up a point yeah, next right. year. Yeah. Like, like I am get, sure because he's get, talked about. I mean he he's <laughs> been the one who's talked about it more than any anything. Like not. I don't think they're yeah, they're not as true. married to the prototypes as Matt Patricia was, but. Whenever you ask Aaron Glenn, like, who's this guy remind you of? He has a very specific yeah. answer of, oh, right I had away. this guy in New Orleans. <laughs> I had this guy. I saw this guy play he, this role, and this is what he's going to do for us. So he yeah. 
definitely has. It's like some if you give me in mind. if you give me Cam Jordan and Von Bell, we will shut out every team we play. Right. <laughs> That's right. pretty much right. what Eric Glenn's going to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we got uh, what, how many? Two left, right? Two left, Seattle yeah. and then uh, Seattle, and then probably Jordan Love for Green Bay in uh, Week Eighteen. Oh, uh, oh boy. Uh, you're heading to Miami Thursday? Uh, yeah, day before. So okay. tomorrow, actually, as we sit here on Wednesday. What, you uh, gotta, unless, my, unless my flight gets canceled. I see all these well, flights getting canceled well, all over the place. Yeah, I was going to ask. Do you have a backup? My, is your backup plan flights, just to stay home? Yeah, my backup plan would just be to stay home, I guess, at that point. <laughs> but, like, I have the – so the flight situation going down there is just ridiculous. Like, the Delta fares were through the roof. I'm on Southwest. Yeah. I'm connecting. It's uh, I gotta go through Baltimore, and then I think I'm on the way. It's old school. I'm I'm all over the place. Uh, it's gonna take me like a whole day to get down there, and then a whole day to get back. But we'll get through it one way or the other. It should be fun. Good well, game. Told- I'm expecting a good game, Chris. Yeah. I know you're nervous, but uh, I'm expecting a good one. I'm be. I don't. I'm just soaking it in. Uh, okay, I think I you're told- not. <laughs> I'm feeling fine. Yeah, okay, I think good. I told you. Like my dad. Uh, Is he nervous? He's. Of, He's of nervous. Course. Yeah, uh, but he tried to talk me into going down with oh, him, yeah, and that's right. what we were looking at the. Like, it was like $1,500 flights, and then he's <laughs> yeah, right. like, I found a flight, uh, we got to leave at 5 a.m. on Spirit, we got to fly to like New Orleans and drive 14 hours, <laughs> like, I'm, not, I'm out, I don't want to do any of this, <laughs> let me sit on the couch, uh, so I understand the flight oh, <laughs> difficulties, uh, well, have it. a safe trip, yeah. hopefully it is a good game, and uh, I think mostly everyone's just crossing their fingers that... Neither team play, has a COVID outbreak in the next like exactly, forty eight right. hours, right? That would be great. Uh, uh, but yeah, that off. one should be fun. So you can get, like I mentioned, Nick just dropped a, uh, a feature on Kate McNamara, which is up on our site. We've got the deal running um, twenty four bucks for the next twelve months gets you a subscription. You can go back yeah. and check out. I had as I mentioned the Q and A with Vitai and Sewell. I thought was uh, it was cool to sit down and talk to the two that was of them. Really cool, yeah, they let actually let me in the building to talk to them, <laughs> which uh, is a win in itself. <laughs> Um, but those guys seem to have a really good relationship. Sewell seems, I mean, he just, yeah, yeah, a really good cool. spot really right cool. now. Um, and you can sort of see that development happening and Vita has been a, a big reason why. So you can go check out that, uh, Q and a had a story last week too, um, which people might've missed before Christmas. Just, I talked to Jared Goff while he was sitting at home on the COVID list about all the stuff he's done off the field, which, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was cool too. As, as I, as I sort of teased it you know i know people have their criticisms of him yeah but on the field but he's he's working a really good guy Mm -hmm. off the field um so that you can go get all those all the rest of our lions coverage we got a ton of stuff uh lined up for once the season ends we're gonna shift into uh off season mode pretty quickly here so make (laughs) sure you get the subscription (laughs) um and uh head over and get the show on the app uh at free otherwise you can find us on uh spotify google apple wherever you listen to your podcasts and like i said i'll try to get to as many of these other questions in our mailbag on the site so thanks for sending those over uh nick again uh, happy new year safe travels. absolutely talk to you on the other side of this and uh thanks to everyone for listening we'll talk to you soon